Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Anish Bachu, and welcome to the debut episode of NoMD. With the global pandemic going on now, finding opportunities to shadow doctors and learn hands-on about the various fields of medicine are extremely limited. So in order to personally gain more exposure to these fields and to ensure that many others are also able to get this information, I have started this podcast, where I'll be interviewing doctors and medical professionals of various fields and professions so we can all learn together about these various jobs. Today's guest is Dr. Nidhi Rohatki, a medical scientist with WashU. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. So um, just to start off with like the basic question, what is your actual like job title? Yeah, so I am a faculty, junior faculty, and my title is, a, is in that of an instructor. Okay. So junior faculty and instructor. Right. And um, what does that like actually mean? And what does it mean for you on a daily basis? Like what do you do on a day-to-day basis? So um, it means multiple things for multiple different people. It depends on how you want to progress in your career. So uh, some people who want to go higher in academics, like, uh, you know, keep going through the tenure track and instructor professor, uh, assistant professor, and then professor level. Uh, For them, it means a lot in the sense of uh, grant writing. So you have to apply uh, to NIH or some other organization to uh, fund you for your projects so that you can do research in a certain area. So you have to write a lot of grants uh, and that uh, probably is one of the most important aspect of becoming an uh, instructor and uh, at the faculty level. Uh, besides that, there's also a lot of work that you have to do at the experiment uh, at the bench level, which means that you have to do a lot of experiments. You have to move your uh, project forward, and uh, you may have or may you may not have a lot of. Um, uh, students with you uh, who can assist you in doing this and uh, moving the projects. It just depends on different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned the projects that you would be working on in this profession. Is there any project you guys are working on now that you can talk about? Yeah, so I'm working on uh, three projects at this time. Um, and uh, two of them are in collaboration with somebody else and one is totally independent. So uh, just for the simplicity of it, uh, I will talk about one of the projects which is related to obesity. So we know that obesity is a big problem. It's, a, uh, it's increasing every year and it has really uh, ramped up very, very high, uh, you know, in places like India and China where there is a lot of fast food uh, place, culture has already creeped in. So um, what we found is that there is, uh, there is this gene which uh, changes the, so in obesity, there is also inflammation. Uh, so inflammation of your body because of the kind of foods that you eat. And that like if you eat Coke or, you know, a lot of uh, fatty foods, so that causes inflammation of your cells in the body. So what we found that one of the genes uh, with ASXL2 this gene is responsible for uh, inflammation of particular type of uh, uh, inflammatory cells called macrophages. And uh, 
it's a directly, we have shown that it is directly causing obesity. So when you knock it out, when you delete the gene, when you remove the gene from the cells, particularly of macrophages, which are the inflammatory cells, then the macrophages are not able to uh, cause the, all the negative effects that it causes and it can prevent obesity. So particularly it uh, modulates um, brown adipose tissue, which is a type of adipose tissue, which is very important for your cells or for your body to maintain, um, maintain uh, good glucose and uh, basically lipid, lipid profile. Great. So for this project, um, how much time have you guys spent on like actual experiments? And then how much of it is more like pre-done research and stuff like that? Sorry? Like how much of it is like work you do before the experiments start? And then how long do experiments take? And then what's the process after the experiments? This uh, project was going on since 2016. So, uh, so you, and this uh, paper actually recently got published in two, 2020. So you can, so four years. Uh, and, uh, and it is like an ongoing thing because uh, you know, you do a certain experiments, you do a set of experiments, you know, for us, for the way I like to do it, I like to look at the killer experiment, which we call, which is going to prove whether it is, in, it is important or it is not important. And if it is, we find it is important, then we follow up with why it is important. So, um, so we do certain experiments and then it may lead you somewhere or it, may, or it may lead you to a dead end, meaning that some experiments fail, your hypothesis fail, and it turns out that what you were thinking is not, is what is actually happening biologically. So uh, it takes a long time, and uh, this particular uh, project was not started, like we had no idea, you know, that this particular gene is going to be involved in obesity. But uh, so we were not starting off from somewhere. So we were starting off from scratch. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, a role of macrophages or low role of immune cells is known to be involved in obesity. So we had that as a background. Uh, what we did not know was a gene that is involved in uh, macrophage induced obesity. So you always, uh, when you are doing the science, when you are doing experiments, you're always climbing up the ladder from previous work that has already been done by other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it may reflect, uh, you know, it may reflect uh, how, you, how you move your science or it may actually uh, refute what the work has, what earlier people have shown. And that is exactly what we did in this particular project. So there were certain paper, they were talking about, you know, that macrophages are involved in brown adipocyte sig uh, in certain signaling aspects, but our work showed that no, it is actually not involved. There is another pathway. So, you know, you build on other people's work, but the project itself was on its own. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's been running since 2016 to 2020 and it finally got published. So um, was that entire four years spent on just testing over and over to see if that was the case? Or uh, how does that like four years split? Yeah, so four years actually, first two years were understanding the phenotype of the mice. So we, uh, 
so we made first we had to make the mice obese and the first two years were literally spent in uh, um, basically trying to understand how this gene is involved uh, like the killer experiments that i mentioned so we were doing those killer experiments okay this gene is involved in obesity it causes the mice to when you delete the gene it causes the mice to lose weight so then why is it losing weight? So these were very, very basic experiments that we were doing. And then um, some worked, some did not work. Then the, the mechanism to find the mechanism why this gene is doing what it is doing takes a very long time. So it is not one experiment or two experiments, it's a series of experiments, you know. So, it, so that took almost one, one and a half year and the rest of the time took to communicate the paper, to write the paper, to make a sense of what we are finding, the experiments that we have done, why we have done. And as you write the paper, you realize that, okay, so every experiment or every data that you show, you should have at least two or three ways to prove the same point, mm -hmm. right? So like, if you are saying two plus two is four, you can do one plus one plus one plus one is also four, two plus two is four, and three plus one is also four. Mm -hmm. So the same way the experiments have to be conducted in a way that you, if you are saying that, okay, this particular gene is involved in this particular pathway, then you should have multiple ways to prove it. Right. Otherwise it is not solid because it could be a chance. So that part is, takes the most time and mechanism biolo biology is very complex. So, and this is like a whole body system. Mm -hmm. So it is not in cells. So, uh, so it becomes very complicated and not every experiment is going to work. And then you have to figure out why it is not working. And you constantly are changing your hypothesis right. based on the experiments that are coming out. So it takes a long time. So one, one and a half year, I would say, just to tease out the mechanism. And this is two people working. Mm -hmm. so and, is that, and is that four years, like the average for an experiment or a, like a research paper or? Yeah, yeah. Four to five years is very, is very, it depends on, again, the impact of the paper. This paper had a big impact. Uh, so uh, this paper was a big paper. So the project was very big. So yeah, four years is a typical time. Uh, there are times when you can publish in like two, two and a half years. And that is also very normal. But uh, in that case, you are building off something. Mm -hmm. So it is a little easier. This is yeah. in this particular case, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. So how did you guys find out how the gene was influencing like obesity? Like what was the process like experimentally to figure out what that process was? Yeah, that's a very good question. So it was a thing called serendipity. So, mm -hmm. uh, so what happened was uh, we were looking at this particular gene and we published in 2015 um, uh, about that gene where this gene was involved in bone metabolism. So it was in, involved in bone. Uh, so uh, what a particular type of cells in bone are uh, macrophage, they are myeloid in origin, meaning that they arise from macrophages, they differentiate mm -hmm. from macrophages. So I have a bone, uh, I have a, a obesity background. So my training has been in obesity and diabetes. Mm -hmm. 
so uh, when i look when i think of macrophages i think of uh, macrophages as doing multiple different things not just bone and i was in a bone lab which was fully concentrated on the bo- on bone bone aspect of macrophages so given that i had that background i said let's put these mice where the gene is deleted in macrophages we already know that uh, based on our previous work so let's take these mice and give them high fat diet and see what happens because macrophages are very important in obesity that is already known and uh, my my boss he was like i don't see the point what is the point of this you know uh, you know what are we trying to do here so i said just give us some time so we took one month away and uh, he was out of town my boss was out of town and we gave the mice high fat diet so instead of regular diet that the mice eat on a daily basis we threw some tasty food in there mm-hmm. to uh, just to you know uh, give you an analogy and uh, lo behold the mice which were control group they kept gaining weight every week they are gaining like 3 grams of weight which is a big deal for mice yeah and uh, the mice which had the gene which was deleted uh, that those mice did not gain weight at all and then all the parameters and then that was a surprise so that is how this whole process started okay and then from there you were able to test like the process behind how so, that gene was so first so first we tested okay if the mice are not gaining weight why they are not gaining weight what is going on if the mice are gaining are not gaining weight are they also prevented from you know obesity is linked to diabetes right obesity is linked to a lot of uh, problems biologically like if a person is obese they have diabetes they have heart issues they have uh, you know they have a uh, certain um, lipid profiles mm-hmm. the fat is um, too much the liver is messed up so those are the things that first we looked into that okay what is happening to the liver what is happening to the muscle what is happening to the insulin sensitivity are they becoming diabetic so those are the things that we first looked at and once we confirmed that these yes these mice are not just obese uh, sorry not just non obese meaning that they do not gain weight they're also prevented from ha- getting diabetes they're also uh, they have less fat and uh, they have less uh, all the lipids which usually are elevated cholesterol which is elevated in the control group it was not the case so first we just confirm you know if what we are seeing is what we are seeing mm-hmm. so yeah that's how we started cool that's a interesting experiment um so more on like your actual job what are your like typical hours like like do you work a normal 9 to 5 week or no never <laughs> you know so the reason i uh, you know we had to switch our plans was because i had to go to lab yesterday mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the the issue is you know cells do not grow like 9 to 5 yeah. uh, you know uh, they they are growing mice do not wait for a saturday or sunday so if you are w- working on some in vivo experiments uh, there are times that uh, it's flexible let me say uh, you know in a very broad term in the sense that 
I don't have a, that I have to be there at nine and I don't have that I have to come out by five. Sometimes I get there by eight o'clock based on the experiment mm-hmm. and leave by four. Sometimes I'm there at nine and may not leave till six or seven. Or in my case, because uh, I have kids at home, I usually try to finish everything between 9.30 till 5.30 mm-hmm. and then go over and then plan my experiments such that I can go over over the weekends. So right. do it that way. Um, the good thing is it's very flexible. So you can plan your experiments based on your uh, availability or timings. So right. it, is, it is doable for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it is expected that a lot of times your cells and mice may need, there was an experiment that I did where I had to inject mice every single day for 30 days. Oh. So, so you have to go every single day, yeah. but the injection takes only 15, 20 minutes, right. you know? So right. yeah, it just depends. It's not, it is as hectic as you want to make it to be, and it is right. as light as you want to make it to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not basic typical office hours. Right, yeah. And also I forgot to mention that these are the experiment aspect of it. Right. When you write something, if you're writing a grant, then it is, you are just logging away. So you are just working, uh, you know, to finish because those things cannot wait. There's a deadline. You are right. also working on the projects to generate the pilot data for the grant. So sometimes it can be very, very hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a typical like week, it's like there's no set like timings that you go to work or anything. It's just based on what experiment you're doing and stuff like that. Yeah, but you can, as I said, you can always plan your day um, based on how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, typical typical day is uh, from nine o'clock till 4.30 for sure. And then uh, sometimes it extends to six o'clock. Right. Um, Monday to Friday. And then Saturdays, I go maybe, um, you know, like twice a month. Um, so it just depends. Yeah. Right. But you can make your day the way you like it. Yeah. Um, so going back even further, um, where did you originally, like, how did you come into like the field of science and experiments and where did you originally want to go and how did you end up where, where you are now? Um, I just like science. I just like biology. So when I, uh, when I was a, you know, a high school student like you, uh, I was always interested in biology, uh, I wanted to become a doctor, which did not pan out. Mm -hmm. So the next thing closest to being a doctor was a medical scientist, a medical, you know, uh, so not just treating, finding the treatments, right? Right. These are the only two aspects that I was always passionate about. Mm -hmm. And uh, in particular, when I was in college, I really, I really liked physiology and biochemistry. So biochemistry was one aspect that was just blew my mind away because how these pathways are, you know, interconnected and all those things. So I wanted to pursue that. Right. And uh, from there, from master, from my bachelor's, 
then after that it's just like experiments and you prove her hypothesis it's like to me it's like adrenaline if uh-huh. i if i find that okay this particular pathway or this particular process is very important for the cell um you know it is it makes my day so i don't i cannot imagine a day like i'm constantly thinking so if i'm by myself if i'm i'm always thinking uh, about the experiments how if even a failed experiment actually gives you a lot of information right okay so that means this is not involved why is it not involved is it the technique or is it the hypothesis and then you try to prove that uh, so so where i am right now it's a lot of bio, biochemistry and uh, that is a place i like mm-hmm. uh, biochemistry and also a lot of molecular biology which is involved meaning like how promoters are regulated and things like that so i just like i was passionate as when i was your age and uh, very passionate about biology and uh, now uh, and that is why i chose this profession Right. because uh because you sh- because what you want should think about the money aspect and you know and where you want to be where you want to take your career but the most important is that you want to get up in the morning and think about what you want to do right. and the drive has to be there so yeah. for me the drive is always there even now 20 years into doing this right you it has to be something you want to do otherwise it's not right. it's not going to happen and also you will get bored and you will get uh, you know uh, it, it will the once you leave lose a passion you lose everything yeah so the passion has to continue yeah. and in my case uh, the passion is this so 20 years it has been going pretty strong yeah. yeah um so when you first started out like after you graduated college did you just go straight into like medical science or was there like other jobs on the way no it was straight so uh, so for me the pathway was a little different because it was in india it is a little different over here right. so uh, so i i did my bachelor's after which again uh, you have two routes to take one is non science route which you a lot of my friends did take and right. one is the science route which is basically you are going through academics so you are going to uh, follow up with a masters degree uh, in whatever science areas you like in my case it was biotechnology which was a culmination of biochemistry and molecular biology right. and then and doing following it up with phd mm-hmm. so that is a part i took uh, in india and when i came here then you follow up with a postdoctoral Uh, postdoctoral fellowship mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you bec- uh, you get more training in doing experiments so i never took anything else other than uh, these this thing i never took any other job yeah um so do you have any advice for people wanting to go into medicine or specifically even into uh, medical science like any tips tricks things to keep in mind beforehand um uh, just know that uh, there are no tricks because uh, you know it is a very straightforward path even over here i see a lot of students uh, you know who 
who are as driven as I was uh, when I was that age. And, uh, you know, once you have that passion, you really should like it because it's a very, very long process. Uh, it's a lot of, um, you know, you will be very disheartened. Uh, there will be a lot of times where your hypothesis or your experiments fail. You do not, uh, you do not, you know, you are not, it's not a very straightforward line that you know if you have a project it's going to work it will get published so there's a lot of disappointments on the way and but that is okay and uh, it's a lot of hard work and uh, it's a lot of uh, work with very little reward at time but if you continue to pursue if you're driven you will be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, but I think the most important part is that you should be, you should actually, it should not be like a path that you should take where you are still undecided. Right. You should yeah. be really driven. And that is the only way where you will succeed in this thing. Mm -hmm. there, there is no, there is always a lot of dirt for good scientists. Right. The, question is because there is a lot of there is not a lot of uh, reward back in the sense of uh, the monetary aspect of it right. uh, and it's a very long process so it takes you have to become an instructor then you have to write grants you have to get the grants and you also have to publish papers in the meantime mm -hmm. and then you become a system professor and you know the tenure track to the right. professor level so it is a lot of work and you should be committed to do that work Mm -hmm. Otherwise, a lot of, I see that people who fail, usually, I would not say fail or who get disheartened and leave mm -hmm. uh, are the ones who, um, it becomes a little hard because right. of the, you know, because of the repeti repetitiveness of the job in right. some certain aspects. Mm -hmm. You need that patience because like the timeline of these experiments and papers is extremely long and yeah, it's very long. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, the payoff uh, is more after the research is published, which can be four years after it starts. So, yeah. And then also like after, so we were lucky that it got published. It got a lot of press. It got, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, um, feedback good feedback there may be times where you will uh, publish a paper and nobody cares <laughs> you know mm -hmm. uh, so that okay this happens but what is the long-term effect why is this important you know so a lot of times it doesn't happen that way so it is sometimes uh, that can be very 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 disheartening right you know? where you are passionate about uh, your job but not many people i mean about your project, but not many people would be. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you will have, uh, you know, some which will be high impact and some which will be low or no impact. Right. But I would say that there are a lot of people who do postdoc and after postdoc, they move into uh, pharma companies or uh, and there are multiple. So this is only one route that I'm talking about, instructor and academics. Right. There are routes which are very, very rewarding and people can take that too. Like uh, you can join a pharma company because there's an R&D division there. You right. can join uh, uh, the government, CDC. Mm -hmm. All the stuff that they are doing is on the backs of people like me 
who are in CDC, who are in FDA, who are, uh, you know, working day and night at the bench level. So if you like it, you can do that too. Right. Yeah. Um, is there any other questions about your job that I haven't asked that are important? Well, I, think, I think you pretty much uh, covered most of it. Um, yeah, I think uh, there is, uh, I would say that uh, it's a long process, but it is, uh, you know, it is fruitful and, mm -hmm. uh, and it is uh, enjoyable. It, it doesn't get boring. Let me put yeah. it that way. <laughs> Yeah, there's always new experiments. There's always more to learn. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's basically everything I had. Thank you okay. so much for doing the interview. No problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, okay, all right. And a huge thank you to all of you listening along as well. I hope you learned something from Dr. Rohatki and be sure to tune in for the next episodes.